I let Ollie play Journey the other day. Remember Journey? Yeah. And he was, I was like, you can't die. So like, yeah, this is perfect for him, you know? And he was playing <laughs> and he's going to be really embarrassed because he, he was embarrassed, but. You can't die? I thought you, you can't could, die in that game. I thought if like the thing got you, you could mm-hmm. die. You just lose your scarf. Oh. So you can't die, right? So I was like, oh, this is perfect. So like he'll love it. And yeah. I turned it up really loud and let him like get caught up in the story. And then I came downstairs and the credits were rolling and he was just like in awe, you know, and he's got tears running out his cheeks and he's <laughs> oh like, that's goodness. the best video game I've ever played. And I was like, hey, buddy, did you eat it? He's like, yeah. And I was like, are you crying? And he's like, no. And he like <laughs> hides his face. And I'm like, dude, it's okay. Like, I, I got emotional too for some reason. Yeah. I like picked him up and gave him a huge hug. Welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. Hey, we're, we're coming to you from Chris's basement. Hey, how's it Sans going? Jake. Yeah, Jake's not here this week again. It's really weird how it works out. Um, we have Troy, Chris, and Scott here. Where is uh, Jake? He's in Cedar City. Yeah. Is that, like, you got he, family there? Yeah, we got family down there. Okay. Uh, Troy, Jake, and I's uncle. Hmm. I mean, we should invite him on the podcast. Might we as well. We should. He, he Every other be, Mendenhall's been on here. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would take a couple of years to get through all the Mendenhalls, but it, it might, it might, but you know, it'd be fun. <laughs> Chris would. Uh, Chris already feels like the fish out of water. So with, uh, with all this, so you know, why not? <laughs> yeah, it make me more uncomfortable. <laughs> um, You're part of the family by now, though. I've been told that a few times. I went to your mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. You're like, "You're an honorary Mendenhall." <laughs> and I was like, "Ah." You're welcome. <laughs> uh, how you guys doing? Good, good, man. How are doing you? Great, good, good. So, what what have you guys been up to? I have been trying to catch up with you guys on um, Mr. Robot. I almost call it iRobot, but uh, <clears throat> Mr. Robot. I'm on season two, and I and I've seriously, it's taken me three or four different sittings just to get through episode three of season two because <laughs> i just i start watching it and then i get tired but um i'm liking it it's hard when you start an episode late at night season two also is like it drags yeah, for some reason I, I like definitely noticed that. it's by design too so i think they lost a lot of viewers like like there was hype yeah and then they came back with 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 this intentionally slow episodes that, yeah. that doesn't yeah, really feel yeah, natural because it, it fits like the the, the arc of a of, we talked about it a lot in the awards show is it fits the, all four episodes fits the arc of a single movie and so all four seasons yeah yeah and so um typically in a movie at that point it's kind of slow it's like the beginning of the rising tension or the rising um and it's crazy so. to think that season one is is that like first act. inciting act inciting <laughs> yeah. incident that mm-hmm. causes everything else and mm-hmm. so it's because like season one was already its own masterpiece if you want to call it that. really it was anyway so yeah. you're liking it then you're gonna, you're gonna i mean i going? loved i loved episode i loved season one if Did i remember you watch right, season one recently i or? started to and then i was like i don't want to rewatch it but i it's funny because like i kind of if i remember i got you into mr robot right no, no. I, or I started talking about it, and then you started watching. I I know I watched season one before. I, I like did. usually I'll be honest about that stuff. Like if somebody sure. got me into something, but yeah, if, you, if you talked about it, it was years ago. Yeah, I just on a whim, like oh, this is on okay. Amazon, and I was okay. like, 
I'm looking for something to watch. Okay. Like I wanted to. So I watched I it that, like Game of Thrones again. I watched it before the two of you. I started season two and I was like, ah, I don't want to get into this anymore. And then both of you just flew right through it. And I'm yeah. like, I got to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Scott and I have been talking about it like in a, in a, we have a chat on our cold bow, which, but it's just us. <laughs> well, when I finish, then I'll, I'll, uh, you yeah. guys can invite me in. Like yep. guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, that, that's it. Mr. Robot. It's a good show. And, and I think it, did it, did it win goat, uh, pilot yeah. or mm-hmm. did it, it did. win or did it tie? It, it won. It won. won. Yeah. It's a very, it very was, good. Pilot. It was, like if I could have voted for it, I would have, but it was, unanimous. it was your pick. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it, it was interesting too. Cause like I had just seen it, which inspired me to do that episode, the goat pilots. Yeah. And then I was like, dude, there's something about that pilot. Just like it, it, it was recency bias as Scott always says, but like, I was like, this is really freaking good. And I was that, like, I can't think of a better pilot. That pilot episode was really good because we got to go back and rewatch some of some of the first episodes of shows that we yeah. hadn't watched. Like I rewatched Dexter, I rewatched uh Walking Dead, which you're <coughs> like I have since stopped watching those movie, those uh, TV shows, but like, you know, and then again, uh, Firefly and all those other ones. That was a good episode. That was a good episode for homework. It, it really was. And I encourage all of you listeners to, to go watch those, those pilots, even if you've already seen the, the whole season and listen go to back and watch the pilot. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and we, we asked the question too, like, Hey, what's everyone's favorite pilot? And we put it on social media and we got like really good responses. Like, uh, what yeah. was it? Like Malcolm in the middle, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Grey's Anatomy was one. Lost uh, always gets thrown out there. Yeah, Lost is the most expensive pilot. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. Mm-hmm. Dang good. I remember being enraptured when it was on TV. Which is actually kind of surprising because the point of pilots is... Sorry, I don't want to... Point of pilots. It's annoying to listen to those <laughs> those popping peas. Uh, the You're popping your what? Peas. Mm. Um, anyway, the point of pilots is that is to kind of like have almost like a low budget thing to kind of like you're, you're basically pitching it to. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm always interested and intrigued when there is a pilot yeah. that's like high budget. Yeah. 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 Cause it's like, they're so confident in, in the story and yeah. the cast and the writing and stuff. Anyway, what have cool. you guys been up to? Um, honestly, right now we've been doing a lot of uh, homework for this episode, which mm-hmm. I have thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, which may not be a shared sentiment, but uh, um, other than that, I've been listening to uh, audiobook, um, the second book in the Wheel of Time series. It's, I mean, I'm only two in of like 13 books. So you, series. so it's just taking me forever. So you're not reading it anymore. Like I read the first one. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I can't. <laughs> I started listening to him. Yeah. It's good though. It's there's a lot happening it's kind of hard especially this series it's hard to talk to people about it because mm-hmm. there's so many books it's hard in any series when there's three or four books but when there's 13 it's like what book are you on i can't remember what happens in that one mm-hmm. so it's like yeah, i feel like i'm in it alone which is fine it's just usually i can I, talk to people i got about to it. like book seven mm-hmm. like i was reading them all and i just like it became a chore i was yeah. like why am i doing this to myself and then <laughs> I just like stopped like you have to it. learn about I hear you have to learn all about the inner workings of the Aes Sedai well and then I was like looking at maps and stuff to, to trying to follow along uh-huh. and I would do this thing like because what's named Jordan would introduce characters that he haven't introduced in like 
books. Yeah. And I was like, why are you doing this? Like, I don't <laughs> care about this, this captain of the ship on a river. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. Like, I don't want to hear about him. So I, I'd go and Google him. Like, who is this person? And he would say, like, deceased. And I was like, God damn it. I, was like, <laughs> I know you told me you told me about that once and now it's like I want to there's this one character that he's talking about like I'm not sure who exactly that is yeah and then I was like I can't look him up though because mm-hmm. I don't want to know if he dies or not I do that in Game of Thrones a lot too so yeah, Game of Thrones is, that, that was one I was listening to as well and I had this I couldn't listen to it anymore because I got so lost mm-hmm. yeah Too many characters. I, I think Will of Time is like twice as bad <laughs> it's it's just and, and and that was what my point I was trying to make is I would look at the maps and then and then book seven they're like went beyond the map and I was like nope like no I don't want to learn anymore like you you you, you established your borders and then you broke your own rule I don't care and I, I, I just can't do it so that's why that's when I stopped I, I had that like a thought of like it was so much and you don't owe him anything I don't like I don't that's yeah I wish I, I could no contribute because I haven't read any of them or mm-hmm. listened to them should I they're, they're i mean it's a really good story so far and they are kind of a a hallmark standout of the fantasy genre okay um and they're making uh a, an amazon a, show amazon is making a oh, they show i mean i'll just watch that then yeah maybe <laughs> there you go what are you chris um so i i mean i guess if we have to talk about things we've been up to I, I mean, we don't have to had move. surgery, <laughs> um, but while I was doing surgery, I was also prepping a D and D campaign. That oh, yeah, we I was going to bring up D and D that we are we are all in, and uh, I had to do it with one arm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too because I was actually like I was prepping like maps and like story beats and stuff, and like you can see all of a sudden the quality dip in some of the stuff I'm showing you guys. You, you can't tell, but like it looked really good, and I only had one arm. So this got sloppy, <laughs> and, and I and I can see. It. I'm I'm probably the only one that can see it because I'm the one that made it. But yeah, it just got really really. I did sloppy. notice that you weren't coloring in the lines on one of the maps. <laughs> yeah, so. see. Um, but yeah, it's a campaign with Troy is there with Mara, your wife, and Scott and JMO and Jake, and we just had our our first. Uh, we just played last week, last Saturday. Yep. Um, yeah. Our first it's, it's, session, it's, is that what you call them? They're not camp. The whole thing is a campaign. So yeah, what so it's just like session. Okay. Session. Yeah, first session. Um, it was. It's really good too. It's, it's probably the best session of D and D I've ever played. It was. I was like so pumped that night. I had to get <laughs> home and you. take melatonin because I couldn't calm down. <laughs> oh really? It. Yeah. It was scary too. I was. It was. I was. It's a. It's a horror themed, mm-hmm. uh, uh, campaign. Yeah. And so I was. I was I wasn't sure how that was going to play out, and I was actually really surprised at how like when something would scary would happen, how actually like kind of scary it was because you're like, like experiencing that. You're like, oh, asked <laughs> at certain parts, and it's like, what is happening? Uh, that's, <laughs> we're using our imagination, collective imagination, yeah, and exactly. it's like we're all we're all so like invested in this. It, it's it's so much fun. It was great. Yeah. Well, thanks. I'll take the compliment. <laughs> Because, like, there's a lot of work that goes into prepping and stuff, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I don't want to say too much to, like, behind behind the DM screen. Uh, but it's really fun scaring people. <laughs> and I was kind of telling Kylie about, like, all these things. And if you've never played before, too, like, like just picture what Scott just said. Like, I'm telling a, a ghost story on a fire, 
and mm-hmm. everyone's like ah and everybody yeah. gets to interact with it yeah, yeah. and then like there's a point where like, Gamo would sit up and start walking around and he's like pacing <laughs> I, back and forth I was I was there was a part I can't remember which part it was uh Jake was looking down and and I'm I'm do, I'm mimicking but he had his fingers interlocked yeah. and he was looking down and had his hands on his head and his knuckles were white <laughs> he was he was not Oh that was the, that was when I was looking in, in the crib right Oh, yes, yeah. that's what it was. He was looking down, and his his. Uh, every time I look down, my my mouth gets away from my mic, so you can't hear me. But um, he was looking down, and his like his knuckles were white. And I bumped Mario, and I pointed to him, and he was just like, "It was because you, you built like the, the whole mythos of the whole thing really well. Oh yeah, so, so that when we did come to the the Walter character, I'll say, yeah, it was just like there was so much built up around it that it was like it's so tense. Like you don't know what's gonna happen, and it's funny too because like. I had these plans and I had them prepared, but I didn't want to stop and because I had like a heartbeat sound and mm. I wanted to play a heartbeat sound, you know. Oh. But and I was like, but I didn't want to stop you and be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. So to find it, you know. Um, so yeah, like it's it's funny to have these things prepped, but then like nope, I just just go with the flow. See yeah. what happens. Let it happen. It was let, good. Let your Very own well heartbeat. There's there so your many ears. times where the music you played was like perfectly timed with what was happening. Yeah, and, and I know you, you were doing it, but there was like moments in the song that like there's like mm-hmm. a rise in the song right when there was a rise in the in the campaign. It's cool because I, I I made a playlist, but I didn't. Like I obviously didn't try to match up story beats in the game to what was happening with the songs, but I was trying to stack them and like see where you guys would be about at this moment sometimes it matched up perfectly um and some, sometimes it didn't like I, I don't know but uh when it didn't you guys didn't notice i did mm-hmm. but um and i don't want to uh the the bar to be too high that you can't ever like uh, I, i'm just really looking forward to the, to the, rest <laughs> of the... I, I am too it's, it's gonna be uh, fun yeah we, we kind of set a schedule and we're gonna try to to keep to it but man, D and D is so fun. It's like last week we said our podcast is therapeutic. That is also therapeutic too. Absolutely. To like, well, and sorry, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say because you can because you come into it as another person. You, you yeah. can pretend to be someone else for a, a couple hours. Well, one thing I like is it's another. I don't want to use say the word excuse, but it's another reason for us to yeah. get together. That's not podcast related. Yeah. No mics are on. Like yeah. we tried doing it with mics on, but I think it felt more of a chore. This is where we can actually like, yeah. we're getting into it. I was actually really looking forward to playing D and D without mics. Yeah. And, and I apologize to our listeners. We did try to do a, a campaign on air. It just didn't work. It was, it, it was like four hour episodes and we couldn't get through. It was just too much. It, it may be something we may retry or reintroduce now like that we have the like mixing board. on Twitch or something like everybody yeah. else does. Yeah. But then. But like, but the thing is we were still using our USB mics that didn't, that good didn't, we had to sync it all in post and it was nearly impossible yeah. for all of those mics and all of the, the different recording levels and all that stuff. Yeah. But now we have the mixing board. It could work, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we also want to just we be just started careful. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, I really enjoy just being there to be there, not being there, like you said, in a podcast capacity. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's nice not having that over your head. Um, so what I'm trying to say is sorry for teasing you, <laughs> the audience, but this, this is our thing. This is our thing. <laughs> you can't be part of it. <laughs> Go get your own. Like I highly 100% encourage you. And this isn't a demeaning thing, but get your own group. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It's so much fun. Find people you work with or you, someone that you know that plays like try and start your own group. It's yeah. so worth it. Yep. 
Yeah, and like if you, because I, that's kind of the case with me too. Is we we talked about playing for a long time, and then I was finally like, I mean, no offense to you guys, but I was like, I'm gonna have to DM if I want to play, yeah. like, because <laughs> there's a lot, and like I I don't have a lot of time, but it's what you choose to be to devote your time to. Yeah, you yeah know? that's what it comes down to. Like if it's just like if you have free time and and luckily with like D and D, like if I'm not reading something, I can make maps and watch. Lim is at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's should we should we segue into our yeah. into our topic then? Yeah. So th- this is uh, my topic and is mostly. Well, no, not mostly. I actually really like musicals. Well, sorry, and we're talking about this a little bit before, but um, musicals to me, um, I mean, it's. I don't like all musicals, but I do really enjoy musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, J- Jake has a write-up that we'll read that that um, really mimics a lot of my feelings about about the genre. Um, but um, I also wanted to see you guys suffer a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I take a minute? Um, I have actually I actually have a shout out um, about this topic uh, along with my feelings, and I'll try to keep it brief. So. Um, Chris and I are very much on the same mindset that we weren't really looking forward to doing the homework on this episode or talking about it. My mindset has shifted a little bit. My mindset coming into musicals is I hated them when I was a kid because my parents would watch them. We would watch Oklahoma, Sound of Music, uh, even, uh, was it White Christmas? Mm -hmm. Um, there's another big one that my parents like to watch, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, they would watch all these, all of these musicals. And I remember as a kid thinking when they'd start singing, be like, Oh, they're singing again. Oh gosh, this is so dumb. Anyway. So I was kind of coming into it with that mindset. Um, and I was talking to some friends of mine, um, from up in, up in Boise. So here's the shout out to, um, Anthony and Janie Harrison. So thank you for listening. Um, anyway, I was talking to them about this topic and, uh, they gave me some, um, some perspective about it that kind of, I'm interested. And, and really it was actually, uh, Janie who asked me, she's like, she said, why don't you like musicals? And I was like, I couldn't really come up with an answer that was a legitimate answer other than that I didn't really like when I was a kid. The answer that I gave is like, I respect musicals as an art form, like a Mm -hmm. particular piece of film or theater that's an art art form. And that's what it is. It's not trying to be something that it's not. And it's saying, you know, this is, this is a musical. And so I feel like if you can look at it in that lens, you can appreciate it more. Yeah. Doesn't still doesn't mean that I liked watching Fiddler on the Roof, but at the same time, I can appreciate it for what it is. And I can also appreciate the memories that people have made with those because as kids, you and Jake, liked watching musicals when I didn't always that's a good point too is like music will stay in your I think like like music and like smells are mm-hmm. most associated with yeah. memories yeah so well, well and and it was actually it was I mean I'm 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 kind of spoiling the, the episode a little bit when you mentioned Les Mis and, and I'm mentioning Fiddler on the Roof these are these are musicals we're going to talk about I was mentioning Fiddler on the Roof and again I was talking to Anthony and Jenny and Jenny said that this was her musical that she watched when she was a kid with her family. And so even though she recognized that it's not the greatest like movie of all time or, or even that, but that, that there was just this aspect of, um, this family dynamic that you could just start singing a song with your family and everything would, you know, they'd all get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, like, it's like, it's like anything where you get to know the characters 
you know, after mm-hmm. so many watches, you get to really know the characters and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, and music is very rewatchable. The music in them makes it more rewatchable because you can enjoy and sing along with the music. Yeah. So anyway, that was my thing. I, uh, have shifted gears a little bit. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still a little bit in Chris's camp here, <laughs> but I, I am not as vehemently opposed to this topic as I was before. Cool. Well, um, I want to read Jake's yeah. Jake's uh, little snippet about. So he has um, a snippet about musicals in general, and then about his um, his goat musical. So you can read a snippet, and then just we'll a, save yeah. this. Okay. Yeah, just a snippet. Cool. He says musicals are just like any other way of telling a story. If the story sucks, that then music ain't going to make it better. Uh, that being said, music is one of the best ways to ma- manipulate human emotion. Movies already use it to great effect. Imagine Last of the Mohicans or Jurassic Park without their score. So integrating dialogue into the lyrics of the music just punches it up and puts an explanation point on the emotional beats. What really sets music musicals apart for me is there is no middle ground. When they're good, they're great. And when they're not good, they're garbage. I actually disagree with that last part. Most of it I, I agree with, though, um, because there there are musicals that I dislike but are pretty widely held up as really good. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I really like his points, and they mirror, uh, they say maybe even more eloquent than I could. Imagine I disagree that. with the adding the dialogue into it punches it up. I think adding the dialogue to it is an artistic choice, but I don't think it. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to, I don't know, but I guess before we start pick, using our picks, I guess I can kind of put you in my mind frame, but I agree with you. Yeah. Like 100%. I, I feel like when you're told to sus- suspend your disbelief, you know, and then I'm like watching this and this person's like, oh, I have such a hard decision to make or my life is so hard. And then they start singing. It's and, inner dialogue. And then people behind them are like dancing, you know, <laughs> like with like tap dancing stuff. And like, da, 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 da. like well, I was watching Les Mis and she's like, poor me, poor me. And then a bunch of whores stick their head out of a door. Like, man, 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 man. I was like, you're, I don't feel it. I don't, I can't get into this. Like whatever emotion they're trying to do, this is the opposite. Cause this is, this is weird. It's not real. Man, you know what man, I mean? Man, well, man, no, man. no, it's not real. I'm it's it's like it's a, it's an abstraction of realism. It's like, um, I mean, if if it's supposed to be inner dialogue, but it's not always inner dialogue. Like Mary Poppins isn't inner dialogue. Well, no, well, no, it, and so some of it is inner dialogue, but I think Les Mis in particular, they actually communicate through the music. In other musicals, it is all inner. Well, dialogue. they have to because they ne- they're never not singing yeah. in Les Mis. Well, and well, we'll get into Les Mis later. There might be that, like that, that, that two a, words of uns, un, unsung. Well, it dialogue. was sung. It's just that Russell Crowe can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll get into Les Mis later because <laughs> we gotta get through. Uh, runners yeah, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Let's let's do runners up real quick. Um, yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Um, so my runner up is. Uh, it is. You forgot? No, it's um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. Um, I was thinking Halloween Town. I was like, Halloween Town? Well, that's a Disney, <laughs> Disney <laughs> Channel movie. Town? Is that a musical? Um, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Okay. Um, well, what, what, okay, sorry, before we jump into that, real quick, what constitutes a musical? And that, and that, and that's one thing. Welcome to the Cold Bell podcast. We don't have many rules. Like, you, we, you, if you can make an argument that it's a musical, then we'll talk about it in the musical right. episode. Mm-hmm. But what I think is. Um, it's hard. It, it actually really is hard, especially when you get into mm-hmm. um, when you get into animated movies, because most sure. animated movies have music in them. Sure. Especially like Disney, almost any Disney yeah. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Coco it, is a musical. Yeah, and and, and then Coco. <laughs> you talk about like um, uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. where it's like it's a musical because there's lots of music in it. But is it a musical? It's like it's not. Um, and that's the thing too is is Coco a musical because they're singing, but it's always like a performance. Yeah, so, like, so so it's like integrating. It, it's it's a gray area in my mind. Yeah, it, yeah. sure you can call it a musical, but it's kind of not. And so I, I don't like really care. Pitch perfect, honestly. like they only sing on stage. So is it a musical? So, so it's 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 that's rooted in realism. It's not inner dialogue music mm-hmm. that they're singing or communicating with music. It's like it's realistically this is they're singing because they're on stage. Okay, so we can debate these on each of those each of the picks. But go back to like my, my original pick was like Metallica through the Never because yeah. I like love Metallica, but it's just a concert. It's, yeah. a, it's a movie that happens around a concert. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to justify it in my mind and I was like, you know, I can't like, it's not yeah. like if I'm being real, it's not a musical. It's just a concert. Yeah. Um, but, and like, we don't have a lot of rules, but I was like, I, I don't want to have this argument because I don't care for, <laughs> first of all. Um, but like we, we had a, a best romantic comedy episode once. I'm like, we don't have any rules. But then I brought my movie and they're like, well, Chris's movie isn't really a rom-com. And I was like, what, what the hell? Why, why do we have rules now? <laughs> so it's like, like this is like well, our th- own. That's one of our rules is we can make up rules. I know. That's what I mean. Is we have rules for ourselves, And then we're like, well, I, well, I was, no, I was uh, actually kind of salty about that because Jake's like, your movie's not a musical. Scott's <laughs> or a romantic comedy, but Scott's is. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think our rules are all subjective and it, we only introduce rules that enforce our own arguments. Yeah. And so, all right. Anyway, so, so going to, so, so mine Christmas. was the, the, uh, why is that name? Keep nightmare before Christmas. Nightmare before Christmas. Jiminy Christmas. I just said it. Um, the music in this. So I didn't really watch this until I was an adult. Um, but my kids love it. And so I'm, I listen, I hear it going on all the time in my house mm-hmm. and the music in it is so good. Like it, it, um, progresses the story along. It introduces you to characters and gets you to know characters very well. Um, but it's super catchy. Um, it's just really good music. That's the interesting thing as well is that, so Nightmare Before Christmas is considered a Tim Burton movie, even though he didn't do it. He produced he pr- it. He pr- well, yeah, he put his name yeah, on it. Yeah, Tim Burton produced it, but he didn't direct it. But Tim Burton has done a lot of musicals. Um, one of his that he did that I actually really like is Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. See, and I almost um, brought that up because that's one of the few musicals I've been able to watch all the way through, but I didn't like it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, yeah, sorry. Not, not talking about Sweeney Todd. We're talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really what it comes down to with this one is the catchiness of the music. Sure. I quote it constantly too mm-hmm. with, with my kids. I'm like, what's this? And they're like, what's oh, this? this? And what's this? What's this? And they're like, oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> what's this? <laughs> yep. uh, I do I'm that like with screaming. What? I do that is with this. <laughs> I do that with my, uh, my runner up too, actually. Um, Go ahead. Sorry, should I? J- j- yeah, just that it's it's a good movie and it's it's kind of a shout out to my kids. My okay. my, da- my daughter it's Alice. Also timeless too. She's like, she's a she's two years old and anytime she wears a black and white striped shirt, it's her Jack shirt and she loves it. Nice. She just loves. And that that's been out for like over twenty years. Oh yeah, it's, oh, like, it's been around for a while. Yeah. I, I love how timeless some of these animated movies can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll uh, segue into my runner. My runner up used to scare the crap out of me when I was a kid and then I uh, watched it fairly recently as an adult and I loved it uh, was Little Shop of Horrors. Yep. Is this the Rick Moranis yes. one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The one with Steve Martin in it mm-hmm. and oh, I can't remember what her name is. The the blonde um, she's in she was in uh, Greece. She was she's oh 
Yeah. She's the the beauty school dropout. I can't remember her name. I'll anyway, I'll look it up. But I probably won't. Um Little Shop of Fours. My picks, okay, my picks are a little unconventional when it comes to musicals because if you're really going to talk about goat musical, I mean, then you you have to talk about musicals like Sound of Music um, and a couple others picks that are on here. Mm -hmm. I know Little Shop of Horrors is not going to win any awards. It's not. It's not even probably on the top ten of people's musical lists. Yeah. Um, But it's a film that I enjoy watching. And it's the music is good. I love the the plant animatronic with it. I felt like whoever did the animatronics for the plant was very very good at making the mouth move and everything. Probably Jim Henson at that time period. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I love yeah, the director is Frank Oz. It's Jim Henson. There you go. So I loved uh, even even just when because Steve Martin plays the dentist, and I actually have a phobia of dentists. Um, actually, have you ever seen Marathon Man? I have not. You should check that out. I <laughs> probably won't um, because you mentioned that right after I mentioned phobia. Of mine. <laughs> um, I the, the phobia comes from when I had my wisdom teeth out. I was awake for it all and the pain meds didn't kick in all the way. So anyway, I don't like the dentist. But I watched Little Shop of Horrors and Steve Martin Anti-dentite. plays a dentist. And his uh, the mouth opens up and he like has these these yeah, uh, these tools. And... But you can tell that that it's all about perspective. That the the tools <sighs> that he's holding really are like just little in one side, and then they get bigger. But it's supposed to create this perspective, and uh, and it's it's great because um, it obviously is... you can't put a you couldn't put a camera in someone's mouth. Yeah, you know it, it was a fun trick they did. Yeah, um, so and it, it lenses was... don't do that really. I mean, maybe like a fish, fish eye lens, <laughs> but like it was a good perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyway, and then the, the whole aspect of an alien invasion and then like the green planet that has to eat people and feed me. That's the one you say, what's this? What's this? And I'm, uh-huh. I just start, feed me. I come home from work and I go tomorrow, I go feed me. <laughs> feed me Seymour. Feed <laughs> anyway, me. So, uh, oh, that's it. That's my run up little shop of horse. And the music in that too, I actually can like it's a doo-wop, so it's like I dig it a little more than like show tunes. Yeah. So I, th- I respect that pick. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're All welcome. Right. Uh, so my runner-up, um, man, I, I, how do I? Because you guys, I feel like you guys are filming under the bus a few times already. Speaking of Jim Henson, but you guys have like told me like, yeah, I don't despise them the way Chris does, or I don't vehemently hate them the way Chris does. <laughs> um, but they're absolutely right. Like I vehemently hate <laughs> musicals. Um, in fact, I, I remember watching Moana in the theater and they started singing and I was like, shut up. This is a musical. And everyone's like, it's Disney. But it was like Wreck-It Ralph is a musical. So like, what? I don't understand why every Disney has to be a musical, you know? So I was really upset. And I guess the music is, is like at the time it, I was thinking this didn't, this doesn't feel like it's going to be timeless. It might be. Who knows? It's pretty dang good. Um, I don't know. I I don't like. I don't. I don't like musicals. I've never liked them. So is it Moana? Sound of Music. I didn't like Mary Poppins. I didn't like. But if I had to pick musicals that I have liked, it's like kids' movies. You know, like when growing yeah. up, like yeah. Uh, yeah. The people always say my my childhood's better than your childhood, right? And it's because you have those memories already. So like. My kids now will grow up with Moana. You know, that'll be like their Aladdin or their whatever. And I might, I may not like it, but they do. So they are, they're allowed to have those music, those musical tunes in their head as a child as well. Um, so mine, that something I absolutely love is the Muppets. And like, I love the Muppets. I love this like family run industry. 
that has kind of like took took Hollywood by storm, especially like in the seventies and eighties. Um, but my favorite Muppet movie is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, just something I watched over and over as a kid. And I, I've seen every Muppet movie, like the, the actual, the Muppets from the seventies has really good music, but the one from Christmas Carol, I like, no, mm-hmm. like backwards and forwards. Cause I watched it a hundred times. Like, uh, I thought that Christmas Carol had Muppets in it. I didn't know <laughs> about Ebenezer Scrooge and stuff. <laughs> so I remember in school, like, we're going to play the Christmas Carol. And I was like, yes. And they put on something else. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> hey, where's Kermit? <laughs> You know, and then you learn there's like 80 Christmas carols. Yeah, I could I can just like Scrooge will walk in and like a Muppet will like when a cold wind blows, it chills you, chills you to the bone. And that's just like music I remember from mm-hmm. that movie. Um, so I guess if that that's why I chose it, it's it's uh, it's music that I actually can like and I'm endeared to. But I also think that musicals should should stay in the kids movie realm and just stay there where 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 it belongs you know what i mean and that's that's why i picked that all right so uh i want to read uh jake's that's okay please do uh jake uh sent us his runner-up and uh his runner-up is la la land um (laughs) let me uh i've actually never seen this one so i'm gonna read jake's and then i want you guys to tell me what you think okay uh la 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 land uh that actually won best picture didn't it no it almost almost did did. it faked it uh this one flirted on the edge of being something i couldn't stand this is reading from jake uh the the music is more show toony they were barreling towards an unbearable fairy tale ending but then that is not the ending you got both characters ended up happy and the ending was cathartic but it definitely didn't give you the end you were expecting which i thought was great it was also a throwback to old danny k movies where there's dance routines throughout different type of entertainment and i appreciated that not everyone's cup of tea and that's fine there you go i agree no i don't i, <laughs> I mean i agree with him it's not everyone's cup of tea <laughs> and it, it flirted on the line of being unbearable and it was unbearable for me <laughs> i've seen like parts of it too because like like people in my family love musicals my mom loves musicals my dad watches them without complaining the way i do and there's only two things in my life that i just i can't stand it's musicals and pickles but that's it right <laughs> dude those are two of my favorite things <laughs> I love pickles there are a few of my favorite things <laughs> Um, <laughs> right, but that's like that's the only thing I like, I'll passionately on is that that's it. Uh, but the bits of this movie I saw were like, like I hated it so much it gave me chills. You know what I mean? It was like it was like gross to me. It was like like I smelled garbage. And I was like oh, and I had to like leave. It's just because it seems fake. It, yeah, it's it's just fake. Like like uh i don't know the guy having this inner dialogue like you said and then he starts driving his car and then people are tap dancing on the car with a cane and the, <laughs> and it's like jumping up and down with like cheesy like whoop like music that they like i don't know i oh my gosh i just it bugs me so much so is it because every time you, we bring it up it's the it's the dancing that comes up do you really not like the dancing i don't like the dancing at all but it's it's part of why i, I it's part of why i don't like it is it just doesn't feel real like as fake as a transformer movie is it's more real to me than than that like then people breaking I, out and i absolutely believe that we would have robots aliens inhabit earth 
before a group of people start singing and sync and dancing down the road. Well, yeah, it's not supposed to be realistic. I know, but that's what I'm saying <laughs> is like, your suspend your disbelief, right? I, I can't disbelief. do it. That's right. I can't do it for musicals. I can't. <laughs> it, it just doesn't click. Um, all right. So Chris, Chris <laughs> on La La Land. Why don't you defend it, Scott? He's <laughs> not here to defend it. Well, I mean, I, I saw it once and it was a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, I remember enjoying it. It's uh, kind of like what Jake was saying in his, his in his intro thing. Is I I just really like stories, and this is just one way to to portray a good story. Um, and so I get I find myself getting lost in the story and um, almost forgetting about the music, but not really. Um, I don't know. It, I can't really defend La La Land to be honest. Okay. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not that knowledgeable or passionate about that or particular movie let's uh you want to go into goats then yeah all right so i have an idea and and tell me if it's wrong if you don't like it so you started with your runner-up but this mm-hmm. is your topic so i think you should go last okay um so let's just go back around the same like the opposite way so we'll let's start with jake's goat okay um so uh if you guys want to read it yeah i'll read jake's goat it is fiddler on the roof if i were a rich man this is one of the greatest and most important stories out there. Tevye is the perfect avatar for the audience member. He starts it as being a forward thinker in some areas and staunchly fundamentalist in others. He learns to be to become he learns to come to terms with the changes that are coming and is still able to be the good man he is. Plus the music is top notch. So, um, Fiddler on the Roof is actually one that I grew up not liking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I liked some of the music because my mom, so that, that's another insight into uh, Jake and I's family growing up, is there was always, I guess, I guess you can say show tunes, because mm-hmm. it, it was always uh, Les Mis, Fiddler, or Phantom, or something playing in the house, because my mom loved it. And so we got to know the music really well. Well, and also your mom and my dad came from a very musical family. Yeah, yeah like our, gra- our our grandma was she like directed plays and yeah, she was very yeah. she was very art- artistic that way. Um I need to interject and I am going to throw Jake a little bit under the bus here because he's not <laughs> here. Um he said that uh, he said that Fiddler on the Roof is one of the greatest and most important stories out there and he's not here to defend that. Mm-hmm. Because I disagree completely. <laughs> um, what is a story like? Is it something that I shouldn't know? It, it's, it's. I mean, it's it's about the f- a father that is. Um, he 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 believes deeply in his um, in his roots and in his religion and in his traditions. Mm-hmm. But his daughters, the, the the world around him is changing, and his daughters are on the forefront of those changes. And so he and and he's getting pressure from. From his wife, from the society he believes in, from his daughters that are changing, and he has to cope with, with his daughters leaving and his do- and and his wife nagging about this and that, and there's like a million different pressures going around him at once, and he's trying to cope with it. And I I can understand I I will I respect Jake enough that that he feels that it's very important, but I just wish he was here to actually defend that statement. Cause that's a bold statement yeah. to make about a movie that I couldn't get one. I, I think I, I, to, to also defend, to continue defending him a little bit is I think he's not necessarily saying this 
story in this movie particular. It's like the human story that is kind of a archetype of a lot of human stories. Okay. So, and see, that's interesting because I got like a half an hour into it and I was kind of waiting for like, I I thought it was like a World War II movie or something. No, it was, it was turn of the century. So right before, yeah, it was like 19, I was waiting for like Nazis or something. Like I had no (laughs) idea what it was about. And then I was like, man, this is really character driven, but it's a musical for some reason. So, uh, yeah, I didn't, I got like a half an hour in and I was like, guys, I'm sorry. Like if, if you want me to watch other things to bring anything to the table, this is the one I'm going to have to like not watch. I mean, I know that I know the music that I did here, like I, I got through an hour of it and I, it was my fault. I started it late, but I really, I really couldn't I watch watched it in two nights, three and a half hours mm-hmm. and I may finish it and come back and have a different perspective on it. But the music was catchy, you know, if I were a rich so, so, man. Yeah. Matchmaker, the, the, the music is is novel and fun, but it's really the character that that I really latched onto, and the it, visually it was beautiful. It it won it won the the Oscar for cinematography that oh, year. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, it it was absolutely beautiful. I think I saw it like on a, on Plex, and it was a little grainy, so maybe it was like a VHS copy or something. It's on it's on Prime. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. On, on at least it was when we started doing the research or doing the oh, work okay. for it. It was on Prime, like. Yeah, if you the one I watched was definitely like an old VHS copy or something. Oh, gotcha. It, it was it was not pretty. Um, it, it was uh, <clears throat> I don't know. The, the, there's a lot of things that went into like production to make it that that uh, were really interesting. But um, I don't know. I really like the the whole device of him praying, but it's like he's talking to you, yeah, type of thing. So it's like fourth wall, but he was actually praying. And I've noticed too that you guys are picking for your goats like actual stage musicals yeah. that were. Um, but not converted. So, but so I, I, I have a really adapted. good argument for, for mine when we get to it for that. Um, but yeah, it, it is. I, should, I noticed that as well. Should we get into your goat then? Since, mm-hmm. since, since yeah. mine is not that. Well, I mean, neither of ours is, but let's, mm-hmm. let's get into yours. So mine is, is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. Um, and I, Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory, Gene Wilder, it's actually one of my favorite movies. Um, and, and the music in it, I actually like, you know, like, uh, it, it, like I said before, it's, this is a kid's movie, but it's, it can be enjoyed by adults. Like it's not necessarily just for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting in it is like amazing. Like Gene Wilder is so good in the movie and he's so funny. Like you watching it now and some of the jokes, like him being really mean to kids. It's hilarious. <laughs> See, and, um, and for me, um, like that, that was almost a knock against because Gene Wilder is like the, to me, almost one of the only redeemable things about the movie. Oh really? Yeah. Dude, I like, I like the kids. I kind I, of agree with that sentiment. I like everything before they even get to Gene Wilder too. Like the, the comedy in it, like the, the, the craziness for the golden ticket and like the the that's guy fair. inventing a computer yeah, yeah. that, that was like, that's pretty funny it, it was very fair. it was yeah. very creative yeah in the way it went about things and, and and it really set up a lot of these other these other <laughs> kids their characters character story arcs i guess because like you know you have the the spoiled rich girl whose dad literally has a factory just for opening up Wonka bars so yeah. they can get the golden ticket. Peanuts. Yeah. Like, what business yeah. are you in? Nuts. <laughs> and every, every kid, every character is like turned up, turned out. up, turned up to 11. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I actually, 
I take back what I said about it just being about Gene Wilder being the only redeemable quality. It's, it's really good. And I think that, I think that the kids, uh, the kids being turned up to 11 makes Charlie definitely more endearing and makes his grandpa. He's turned up to 11 in the other direction. Yeah. And exactly. Being poor. His grandparents, (laughs) his grandparents are, um, are all sharing the same bed. They're all, they're all so poor. They can't, you know, because his dad works at a toothpaste. It's, it's turned to an 11 either way. But, um, I love how it's like still relevant today too. Like the uncle Joe hate. Have you guys oh, ever seen that? Oh yeah. Like I, un- I subscribe to that. Un- uncle un- Joe un- hates a subreddit. It's just hating uncle Joe. <laughs> He's like, Oh, he lays in bed and suddenly gets his ass up when he can go to get free chocolate. <laughs> like he, 20 he years. couldn't have been, been working or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and, and, he's, and he's the one that gets that gets Charlie in trouble. Yeah. Like he Uncle Joe is kind of an But I love that at the end too, where it's like every kid gets into trouble, they're kids. But it's which kid will be honest about it, which yeah. kid will yeah. will pony up. So like That's true, because he he wasn't Charlie wasn't perfect at the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just describing the movie, I guess, itself, which I which I love. But the music in it is and and it's not beating you over the head like frozen where frozen has three different songs in the first 10 minutes <laughs> the musicals are very well spaced out yeah. and it's like candy man like i love the song candy man like especially when gene wilder singing it and the kids are running around eating candy and he's like kicking yeah uh jawbreakers and he eats his cup at the very end um and yeah, gene wilder's amazing oompa loompa songs like the, i remember all of those and they're funny because they're just like rolling fat kids like a blueberry girl they're pretty the preachy though uh, I mean, they are, but it's like, don't, uh, it's all common sense stuff Yeah, that, that, that I agree with, but it's the, the whole, the whole premise of the movie is pretty preachy. I mean, isn't uh fiddler on the roof a little preachy if it's about a religious? Well, guy? yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, th- this is a lot more directly, less thinly veiled. Well, and yeah, because it, you're also, you're right. Like when Roald Dahl made the book, it was for kids. Yeah. So like it was teaching kids like morals and stuff, but it's, it's a kid's movie um, and it has music in it. So it should stay in that kid's movie realm where it belongs. Cool. Well, if, if you, if, if you <laughs> couldn't nice tell. Um, jab in the ribs. <laughs> I, uh, I I went into this thinking I really like this movie and I came out of it like, honestly, like I, I, I like the movie, but it's more I like Gene Wilder more than I like the movie. It's almost distracting, like how... How likable he How is. How endearing or? he is. Well, no, he, like, it's he's just such a good actor when he's like, he's so good. He's like, I said good day. Mm-hmm. And then you have to bring up the tunnel and the boat mm-hmm. thing. That, and that, that part is just so exquisite. And then, of so course, good. when he walks out with the cane. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he's just, it, it, it's it's a very good setup. If you're just talking film itself and leave, uh, leave the musical part out of it with him walking up with the cane and then he, and then he does the role, like, you immediately get a sense of who this character is yep. and what he's all about. Yep. And Gene Wilder was the perfect casting choice. A million times better than Johnny Depp. Oh, my goodness. Agreed. Th- and th- that, that's actually my argument for... Uh, well, I know you can't really make that argument, but... For Charlie? No, for that that um, Gene Wilder is like... The the one tent pole in the movie. Mm-hmm. Is that the other... The other adaptation that we have fell flat, but but that that's not really an argument because there because that there's so many other factors that go into. I think what made the other one fall flat. I I mentioned this uh, this is a little bit off topic, but I mentioned this year because I just remembered that Gene Wilder passed away a couple of years ago, like four years ago, mm-hmm. and I just remember and I'm thinking to myself like we did a Steve Martin episode that was a lot of fun. I want to do a uh, I want to do a um, Gene Wilder. Well, who's the other person? Uh, Bill Murray episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but now I'm like also like let's do a Gene Wilder. The Gene episode. Wilder would be awesome because so. I've been th- I was thinking about it, is like who is the modern day Gene Wilder? Is there Jack any- Black? 
Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I, I don't know. But like, I don't know if there is one. He's just like one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to mine then. Um, so <clears throat> mine was I. I wanted to pick, like I said, with uh, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, movies that I liked. Um, I feel like this is going to be an up- uphill battle for me, but I picked the movie Rocket Man. It's a little bit funny. This feeling inside. Um, and the Rocket Man that just came out in 2019. Um, and here's the thing about Rocket Man. It's not a it's not a biopic like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, a lot of the music is in this on the stage, but you can't really make the argument that it's not a musical because you have you have the singing and the dancing. You have the the music, the, his music. That's that's one thing that I love about it is they use they use Elton John's music to tell his own story. Yeah, it's awesome. That the music he's singing Tiny Dancer and when he's singing Tiny Dancer, he is actually telling a part of the story of what his own thing. And then you can even get into Rocket Man when he falls into the pool and he starts singing Rocket Man and it's like it's very instrumental of how he's feeling at the time yeah. of in the movie. It's very much a musical. And I feel like to kind of go off what Chris is saying about how you can't like you have to suspend your disbelief. Right? Is that the mm-hmm. yeah? Suspend your disbelief. Is that uh, Elton John is telling this story from from when the and I'm not giving anyway any spoilers. The movie starts with him going to rehab yeah. and he's telling the story. So what you're seeing as he's telling it is is, his, is in his own head. Yeah. So in that case, you can suspend your disbelief when people start dancing and singing and and having orgies and all that stuff is because it's going on in his head when he, when he shoots off into, into from a, from the stage into an airplane, it's, it's his own story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, rocket man, the reason why it's my goat. Okay. Let me get a little sappy here. Um, I grew up listening and loving Elton John, the Beatles, um, Billy Joel, all of these, all of these great, great bands and musicians. Uh, Elton John was a little bit different for us though, because his songs kind of stuck around a little bit more, um, going through life in, in, in our head. Mm -hmm. Um, Mara and I, when we were married, um, actually danced to your song, uh, his song, your song, you know, um, you can tell everybody this is your song. Anyway, his big, his big first hit was the song. That's what we danced to. And it's actually kind of funny how that came up because it was literally the night before we were supposed to be married and we realized we don't have any music for the reception. <laughs> and we were like, we don't, we, we need to dance to something. Right. And so I, we were going through all of this music and Mara was actually at the time, a really big Moulin Rouge fan. If she were to, if she were on this episode, she'd probably put Moulin Rouge as, as her pick. In fact, I think she wanted me to at least. That, put it that was one. Up. That was another one. My mom played all the time. In the yeah. Moulin Rouge. And the, the, the most modern version of Moulin Rouge, uh, the one with, uh, Ewan McGregor, Nicole yeah. Kidman plays a lot more modern music, right? Yeah. And there's, lots plays, of, there's, 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 there's a couple, mm-hmm. isn't there's a couple of Ellen John songs in it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it plays even, uh, uh, the teen spirit one from. Nirvana? Nirvana, yeah. Um, and then uh, then Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman sing your song. Mm-hmm. And Mara really, really loved it. And so when we were like picking these songs, we were going through some music and she's like, what about this one? And I said, absolutely, but only if it's Elton John's version. <laughs> so I was really, really happy to be dancing 
our first dance as a married couple was to Elton John. And so Elton John himself, his, his story, his music has a very, very deep personal meaning to me. And so when Mara and I sat down in the theater to watch rocket man together, it was very much reliving a lot of those memories either as a child or her and I together. Um, and then Taron Edgerton is so good. gorgeous. Yeah. He's he's, an, he's amazing. He is incredibly talented. He pulled off the look of Elton John very well, and he sang all of the songs. Yeah. When you go into, if you go to Spotify and pull up the Rocket Man soundtrack, it'll say Taron Edgerton mm-hmm. on all of them. And so, like, you, so you have a lot of that. And and it, and it's not a like Chris said, it's not a stage production, and it's definitely not made for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that aspect, I wanted to think outside of the box. I didn't want to pick something that was done on Broadway and then converted to a movie and that in that type of musical. And I didn't want to pick. And I wanted to pick something that was important to me. So something you actually liked, like yeah. your favorite. Yeah. yeah. So Rocket Man, at this point in time, I, I understand it's not the greatest of all time, but at this point in time, it's your greatest Rocket Man is my greatest musical that I would love to go and rewatch at any time. Mm-hmm. It was a good movie. I, the I watched it for the first time with this um, homework, and I was I was actually kind of blown away at how much I liked it. It was really? really good. Yeah, I, I honestly thought you guys were gonna hate it. No, it, I, I I really liked it. I mean, I like the music in it. Like Elton, I love Elton John, but I don't know. Elton John's weird for me because my mom played him all the time. You know, mm-hmm. like Lion King. It felt like he was always around. Like this isn't a dig, but he's like Randy Newman. Like <laughs> no, oh, yeah. it's true. It's like of course, hey, Elton John's always around. You hear a song and, you don't, and then you realize, oh, that's Elton John. And like yeah. I, it's like oh, I, I almost underappreciated him. You know, like I can always tell it was him. He was just always around. And then in the movie, he's like, yeah, chart topper, number one album in America again, number one album in America again. Yeah. So it, it's almost like, I don't know, like he's obviously not, um, what's the word, underrated, but he almost kind of is. Maybe for way. our generation. It, maybe. Because like we, we definitely grew up listening to him, mm-hmm. but he's, he's mm-hmm. around since the 70s. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not underrated if he's going to be singing the song to a princess who died. <clears throat> you know, at her funeral. You know what but I mean? then, like, but then of course he is like, he's, he's almost like Disney. That's what I yeah. mean. It's like, he's just, he was always around growing up. Yeah, no, that's true. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it that's does. how it was to me. It's like taken for granted. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think we would be remiss without mentioning Elton John's, the ob- one of the biggest obvious stories of, of rocket man is Elton John's homosexuality mm-hmm. because his, his coming up was in the sixties and, and then he became popular in the seventies and then he's been popular pretty much ever since. And a lot of that was him, him needing to, uh, accept his own homosexuality and then also, um, and then also society in general, being able to accept that about him as well. And then him like owning it in the sense of him being more flamboyant, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I don't know, like, uh, coming out on stage dressed like a queen, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then having to, and then getting in his own head where he has to hide this aspect of his life because society won't, won't accept him. And so he goes into drugs and mm-hmm. drinks. And yeah, so, there's a lot of the, the, his story, um, that's the biopic part of the movie that I didn't know. It yeah. was really interesting. Yeah. It was really yeah. cool to learn. Something I learned too, is he like wrote this Elton John was shopping yeah. this around. Like yeah. he was the executive producer. I didn't know that. He, he was like, yeah. I want Justin Timberlake to play me. And then, uh, I, I think he heard Taron Edgerton play, sing his song in the movie Sing. Yeah. And that's when he, he thought that's why he wanted to be in Kingsman. Cause he's like, Oh, I want to be around this kid. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
That's why. All so there's like all kind of an audition for. So Edgerton. like, yeah, and Ed- Edgerton has three movies now where he's associated with Elton John, uh, almost back to back. Yeah. Because um, when I heard him sing "I'm Still Standing" in the movie "Sing," yeah. I was like, "Who is this?" I that, know. That was is like, he singing. That, that, that's my favorite song from the whole movie. And then you're like, "The Pretty Boy from that Kingsman." Stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> and I already, I already loved him from Kingsman. He's hilarious yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh, I hate him." And now. I love that song because like, he can do everything. He can do everything. What the hell is your problem? I know. Yeah. No. I. Anyway. Rocket Man. That's my goat. And it's I'm sticking one. to it. It's a good one. And the the part you wrote about you, uh, your song that was my favorite part from that movie. Oh yeah, when he's, he's he's just so talented, he could hear a beat and just start writing something really personal. But it's the the song is so good that the, almost how personal it is doesn't matter. It's just yeah. You know, so before we move on, I want to actually touch on that a little bit. That song is anyway. I love how that movie de- de- per, uh, depicted it because his family already knew he was he mm-hmm. was gifted, but then when he started singing it and he when he started playing it, mm-hmm. and his grandma comes and they sits down, and his walking. mom comes and sits down. You're like the the way they depicted it is like you have something here. You this is this is your <coughs> moment. Mm-hmm. But what's funny about that song is that Elton John. It didn't depict this in the movie, but Elton John actually opened for a couple other acts that were pretty popular. Three Dog Night was one of them. Uh, Elton John's Elton John's uh, version. His song his your song that he and bernie wrote and um and and El- elton performed was actually originally released by three dog night really yeah so back in so i was actually looking up the history on this um in uh elton wrote and recorded it um in january 1970 he was started touring with three dog night three dog night uh released it in one of in their album in like they sang it yeah they sang it you can look it up spotify three dog night your song and it's the same song and it's actually not a bad version um and so uh three dog night sang your song and it's in their album in that they released in i think march of 1970 march or may one of the m months and then elton but they didn't release it as a as a as a single because it was elton's elton and bernie's song so elton then released it as a single in october 1970 interesting so if you want to get into covers who who covered song the elton and did elton cover his own song <laughs> because playing it was released it live, later does playing your original song live constitute it being yeah. your song but but three dog night released it first so i would consider three dog night obviously the cover yeah, but it's absolutely. actually it's actually a good version um but a little bit of a interesting tidbit of trivia fact on that one so um but yeah anyway sorry cool uh, go thank on. you scott i think all right you're... last one so my goat I chose is Les Mis. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. So th- there's a lot of things that go into this movie. Um, like I have a history with the music. Um, I've seen the play multiple times and many, many versions of the play. Been he- listening to the music all my life. Um, and so... I feel like I know the music pretty well, um, but I've never heard it like it was in this movie, because they this what they didn't sing it in a booth and then and then lip sync it on set. They actually sang it on set live, um, like a stage play, like a stage play. But but with sets and editing and all that stuff, it's mm-hmm. it's still like a, a, a feature movie. Um, so I think that that right there brought it to another level that made me appreciate it so much more um it, it was to the detriment of like you said um javert who's played by uh 
by Russell Crowe, Russell Crow, which was terrible. Like it, it, with that, if they cast him, I, I don't care who it is, a nobody that can actually sing, it would bring this movie up way higher for me. So he's he's usually considered to be not a good performer in this movie. Or? Uh, yeah, he, he's a detriment to the movie. Absolutely. Here's my my thoughts on uh, Les Mis. Um, I love the story. I think I would have liked Les Mis more actually going to Broadway and seeing a theater production of it. And but then at that point, or sorry, to that point, it didn't start as a musical, did it? It started off just as a a play. No, it was a book. Oh, it was a book. It's a book that's like longer than the Bible. But it was it was it was adapted to a musical. Victor Hugo wrote the book. Yeah, and then it was a musical. It it was written as a gotcha. So then that makes sense. Why why the Les Mis version with Liam Neeson isn't a musical. Um, yeah, because because you cause can either adapt the book or the, the musical. Book, yeah. yeah, but the lame is musical. I, I I almost would rather watch the actual stage play musical version of it on Broadway. But at the same time, the movie brings that element of realism. Yeah, even from the opening scene when Jean Valjean yeah, is, that opening is, in scene pre- was, is in prison, it, it was yeah. like one of the best theater experiences I've gone to. Well, okay, theater. so theater. So I was I was going to ask about that because you're watching the movie and they're pulling in a boat and they're getting splashed with all this water and it's 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 very very harsh conditions and it mm-hmm. sucks. And then and so what's it like on the in the theater like that like watching the movie in the theater or watching no. the, the play in the Oh, theater. is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the movie theater experience oh, was I one see. of the best I ones I've okay. seen. Okay. Be- because it was like, I did not expect it to be that epic yeah. of, of like visuals. Yeah. Because I'd seen stage play video, like movies of it. And it's just like, when you're watching it as a, as a stage play, it's, you don't get the emotion that you get yeah. in the movie. You don't get, because this, because I was so surprised at how mu- how many big close-ups there were. And just like lingering close-ups on people's faces yeah. to, to show the emotion. Like you don't get that in a play. In this, and so, so I think that, that it was a, it was yeah. very much a director's choice to do that to, because he wanted to to be separate from plays. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like a play. In this in this particular movie, there was a lot of things that I loved about it. There was a lot of things that I liked a lot. I I loved. Uh, obviously, you've got Hugh Jackman, um, who's a great performer, um, and he's anyway. Uh, and then you've got Anne Hathaway, who is a better singer than. I think people realize. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you also have either even like some of the more side characters, like you have Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bottom Carter, Mm -hmm. who, uh, who their, their um, characters are really well done. Even, even to the very end when, when, when you have that, that reveal and you know what? Les Mis has been around for a while. We're going to spoil it. When you have that reveal (laughs) that uh, I can't remember the names, the, the, his uh, adopted daughter. Marius. Oh, um, and then her husband. Uh, Cosette. Yeah, Cosette. And what's the husband's name? Uh, Marius. Marius. Uh, when they realize. Who's, uh, Eddie Redmond. Yeah, yeah, Eddie Redmond. Uh, when they realize that uh, Jean Valjean actually saved saved him mm-hmm. during that whole big battle in, in, in Paris. Um, Right, it was in Paris. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, when they when he saved him and literally dragged him through the through the in the sewers, yep. um, that he realized that that's what he did for Cosette. Mm-hmm. And, and it, anyway, it, like the supporting cast was very, very well done. And I, I can understand why Russell Crowe would be considered a detriment, but I still liked him. You know what I mean? My, my biggest beef with Les Mis, the musical <laughs> is the music. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the story. I love the, I love the supporting cast of that movie. I love all of it except the music. 
I obviously you have your your great songs like I Dreamed a Dream. Um, you have some great some great songs, even the song at the end. Um, but literally every word in that movie was as much as I hate musicals. The worst musicals are the ones where they never stop singing. Yeah. And like transitioning from one song to the other where they're like, that's not a song. Like it's not something you'd put on the album. It's a transitional song into a song. (laughs) And so like, so what does the album like, does it have like 37 songs on the album? Like, I don't don't know. Yeah. It has a ton. Oh my gosh, dude. It was driving me nuts. Please shut up. Just stop singing. I love that because I can listen to it. In oh my, my earbuds goodness. or whatever, and just like basically watch the movie in my brain while the music is going. That's a fair point. I I will give you that. Like, and it's entertaining music. I, I, I it's really catchy music. I don't know. That, um, I don't, but 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 one part. Sorry about this movie. This particular movie or uh, adaptation <clears throat> of it is that the actors. There were sometimes where they would kind of speak the music, mm-hmm. um, and and it made it more real. It made it more like like they were saying, "We realize this is a stage play, but we're making this a movie." And so sometimes there are where they like are like out of breath and they just kind of say it like a word, and the, and they leave the imperfections in there. That, I, I really love that. That's one thing I wanted to say about a technical aspect I had heard from about Les Mis that I actually think I heard about Jake. So I'll give Jake credit for this one is that, uh, when you do musicals or when you do songs with music in them, you record the music first and then you film mm-hmm. and then you just put in the final music in there, like rocket man, <laughs> obviously Tara Nedgerton. He's filmed it in a studio yeah. or he, he recorded he's, it. He recorded it in a studio. And then when he's actually singing, when he's actually singing, he's not when he, in the movie, he, he might be singing, but they're using the final finalized version. Anyway, Les Mis, all of the songs they're singing are on set are right there on set. So when I said that like 15 minutes ago, Oh, <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know because you, you said it's like fun. you said like oh we're trying to separate this from a stage play to film like a movie, but it it didn't feel like a movie. It felt like a stage play with expensive sets, like yeah. a tank or something. But like, I, I don't know. It just felt like a stage play, and yeah. that, that bugged me. But well, well, the the it was the intricacies of the performances. You, you don't you're, you're not. You're not face to face with someone on the stage. Yeah, it, it, it was sense. how it was filmed, not not the music. I, I know you get stuck up on the music, but it was how it was filmed. And well, yeah, I'm, and, I'm not saying that, like, I didn't like the music, but I also didn't like how it felt like a stage play. And then with cameras there to zoom in and put it on the jumbotron or whatever, like it, it just felt like a stage play. I liked going back to that whole concept where they all they were singing on set. Like what you hear in the movie is what they were actually yeah. at the time made me really, really appreciate Anne Hathaway's appointment, Hathaway's performance, all of their performances, really, even, even Hugh Jackman, but Anne Hathaway's I dreamed a dream, uh, was very, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. And you feel it because mm-hmm. she did a very good performance on it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, the, the point when I watched it for the first time in the, in the theater, um, that, that made me like tur- turn on for the movie was like, was, um, Jean Valjean's soliloquy in the in the when he decides to throw Jean Valjean away and become a new person, you know, in the church. Yeah, like that was just like I cannot believe Hugh Jackman is doing this right now. It was it was like the coolest thing to see for the first time. For yeah, me. yeah i I so, love I like I like Les Mis as a as a story. I don't know how much I like it as a as a musical, but I appreciate the talent that is brought forth as a musical. I, I kind of see where you're coming from too, because specifically on that, because when I heard this music in it, 
I was like, I think I've heard this before. I'm not sure. I was like, I, I never had that like, oh, I didn't know this was in this movie. I was just like, I don't recognize this song at all. Uh, like any of them ever. Um, but like, I've, I've definitely heard Fiddler stuff. So I was, I don't know. I was like, I was like, if this is such a great musical, I'll come like, I've never like through osmosis heard it. And then I, I watched it and I text Troy and I was like, I finally watched it. And I said, like, I don't understand how this movie has a passionate fan base that it does. Like, really? why, why does this movie make people wear t-shirts about it? Like, I just, I don't see it. He's referring to you, Jake. To be <laughs> fair though, like th- there are things that I like that people can't understand. Like I watch anime, you know, I watch wrestling. So I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not telling you that you're stupid for liking musicals. I'm not, if you, if you love it, then that makes me happy because this, this thing is bringing joy to your life. You know, like I, I don't think less of anybody for liking musicals because again, I watch anime and I watch wrestling and I like weird stuff and, and musicals aren't, aren't necessarily considered weird. Like my, my, my likes are a little more niche, I guess. Um, but I just like, I just can't see it. Like, it's like, what, what is it that I'm not, what's not connecting with this movie in particular? Cause like there was, I mean, if, I, I, I honestly can't even have an argument with you if you can't see that there's quality in that. Movie. I, there is not a single thing about that movie that I liked. I can't so not a let me thing. let me let me get on on that level here of, of where you're coming from, because I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I actually I actually relate to a lot of what you're saying. Um, for me, with Les Mis in particular, the reason why I. The reason why I like it is I the, I like the music. The music, even though I didn't like how it was sung all throughout, um, the music is in my mind is good. It's good music, and then you have a very compelling story. You have actors who get I, on. I feel like the story was lessened because it was sung. Okay, like if they're that's, if they're going for emotional beats, it didn't work for me. That's fair. I, yeah. I'm I'm not going to say you're wrong with that. I I there's a lot of people who disagree with you. But, I know there's. That's what um, I just. Like, that's what I was trying to establish. Yeah, I'm I'm was. yeah, and I'm I'm halfway between that. I mm-hmm. I think I would prefer Les Mis, the movie itself, or the the story to be actually told, not sung. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who feel like it should be sung. But the music itself, <laughs> I think, is good. Like Scott said, he could put it on his on his earbuds and listen to it. Um, listen to the whole thing like just straight through. Then you have, like I said, the story itself is compelling. Um, then you have the performances of the actors and then you have the production. And I think that in the case of this musical as a movie, when you have all of those things come together at once, like all together, I think it's very, that's where I'm impressed is because you is, is, is all of those things that just basically come together to make one master thing master film um is is what impresses me the most yeah i agree i think it would be better without the music Mm -hmm. um i still would probably even pick some of the same actors um in some of those places and some of the same sets and all of those things um but adding that musical aspect into it and then also having the incredible performances by hugh jackman Anne hathaway and the rest of them all of those things adding that music into it just makes it even. Yeah. So, so, so I can, I can see where you're coming from now that I've thought about it for a little bit. Um, because obviously I have a background listening to the music. So I, I kind of know the songs and the words mm-hmm. and the story coming through the music already. And so being it apparently your first time watching mm-hmm. it through listening to the songs with music in particular, it's really hard to really like 
an album or a music the first time you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there, there are a lot of cases where it's like that does happen where it clicks like this is for me. But in a lot of cases, the first time you listen to an album, you have to listen to it two or three times before you really like it. Mm-hmm. Before um, the songs can stick in your brain. Yeah. And so um, I'm not saying you should watch it more times if you don't like it. But um, that, that I think that's what has benefited Myself and Jake probably, mm-hmm. um, and you you said too like that performance of Hugh Jackman in the church. You're like, man, I can't believe he's he's doing this. And I was like, I wish I felt that. <laughs> you know, like like uh like listening to something and being familiar with it, and then seeing a better version mm-hmm. yeah. of something done with like production value. But but that's the first time I ever heard it. So I was like, and what's yeah. cool? A little tidbit um, <clears throat> is the the priest that helps him out. He was he's probably the most. Uh, <clears throat> famous Jean Valjean that's ever done it on the stage. Oh, so they brought him in as that's the nice. priest. I have a point I want to make about this, uh, that I actually just thought of. So bear with me. If you're listening, bear with me as I ramble my, as I kind of connect my thoughts here. Um, for me, I am, I'm hard of hearing. Um, I am deaf in one ear and I sometimes have speech recognition issues. That is especially apparent in music. Mm-hmm. I get lyrics wrong all the time. And sometimes when I hear music, I can't even, I can't even hear, I, I don't even know what they're saying. Like sp- the spoken lyrics I, or sung lyrics, whatever. The, yeah. That, make, that, that would make musicals hard. <laughs> that's where I think I'm, I, I'm kind of having a little bit of a sudden realization here. I think that's why I, I have a hard time with musicals is because when they're singing songs, yeah, I can hear like in, in Phil on the Roof, I wish I was a rich man or I wish I were a rich man or matchmaker, matchmaker, all of those things. Elton John was nice because I already knew all the songs. So yeah. I could kind of follow along better. Les Mis was tough because coming from Chris's standpoint where this wasn't the first time I had seen it, but I'm not familiar with the music. I had a hard time. I had to watch it with subtitles. You know what I mean? Because if I wasn't watching yeah, I with subtitles, too. I wouldn't know what they were saying. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Like I, cause I, I was, I literally sing along with every word. And, and, and that's, I think also in the case with someone like Chris who may have ADHD where mm-hmm. you might get distracted a little bit. Um, or, something else might catch your attention or your focus. And that's where I'm not. And that's where I think that like, obviously someone's, I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm not going to say that ADHD is a disability, but my hard of hearing disability isn't to lay Mrs. Detriment. I still appreciate it, but I can't appreciate it physically can't appreciate it to the same level that you and Jake and, or your and, mom uh, or anybody else can, because I, I can't grasp that the same way you guys. It, can. It's almost akin to having to read subtitles for a foreign language film where it's like, like I just watched parasite and I guarantee I didn't get as much out of parasite as someone that speaks Korean got out. Of oh, it. of course that yeah. I don't get the inflections. I don't get all that. And the, it being like the, 800th time I've listened to these songs, like I can pick out, like I've, I've picked out a lot of different things from the lyrics themselves yeah. to build the story. Yeah. Um, I can relate to that. The, the watching Les Mis for this homework was the second time I had ever watched this movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember liking it more than the first time I watched it. I remember the first time I was like, what's the big deal? Who cares? Eh, you know, well, it, very I much mean, probably the way Chris yeah, is feeling. Yeah. But the second time I watched it, I, I appreciated it a lot more. I think that that's a very good point to be had. Cool. Anyway. All right. Should we get to voting? Do we want to vote? Jake yeah. doesn't have a vote. Yeah, he voted. Oh, he did? Yeah, he voted for Lena. He, wears, oh. he, he wore his shirt. Of course he did. Oh. Did he wear a shirt? I don't know. <laughs> I have a shirt. The 24601 shirt. Is that what you're talking about? I think so. I don't, I, but like, yeah. I didn't know what that meant until I saw the movie. Um, I don't know what I'm going to vote for yet. Um, <laughs> I I have to go to this list that we I'm have. I'm voting Rocketman. You're voting Rocketman? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your vote? 
Oh, I really enjoyed Rocket Man, but Fiddler on the Roof. It watching it this 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 time, like like I was saying before, we kind of moved on from it. But like I I didn't like it growing up. Watching it this time, the story was like so heartbreaking and good. It just really captured me. Yeah, I, I, I have to go. And I hate that Jake and I are voting for each other's. But um, I, I'm voting with my heart. Sorry. No, Fiddler no, you don't, you don't have to apologize. And I even said this when I brought up Rocket Man. I know it's not the greatest of all time. I know that. Um, but greatest of all time, people have different opinions. Yeah, I, that, that word is just something we use because it's easy right. to remember a just, category. Like it's, it's just easy to, it easy to say goat. Mean, and, <laughs> definitely doesn't mean we all think it's the greatest of all time. No. Um, and there's <clears> a lot of people who would disagree with our, I mentioned earlier the uh, last week about the Tron legacy thing. Like yeah. a lot of people disagree with that. However, um, I, we're going to have a four way tie here. I was going to vote for Willy Wonka anyway. I knew this was going to happen. Um, I knew it. It's like, 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 like yeah, I know. And I'm not, I know, I know my vote is vote the deciding it. vote because we've already voted. I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to vote Les Mis. I do. Um, you got to vote with your heart. Yeah. Um, I want to vote for Les Mis, but I also, I, I don't enjoy it to the same extent that you guys do. And I have to be real with that. I would, if, if I were to sit down and we were say, let's watch late, we have to, you have two options, Les Mis or Willy Wonka. Uh, Willy Wonka. I would. Yeah, Les Mis is definitely a mood movie. Like I would, yeah. I, in many cases I would choose Willy Wonka as well, but yeah. because you have to kind of be in the mood to watch Les Mis. And I'm actually really surprised that Chris picked Rockman. I thought you were going to hate it. I mean, I, I like the music in it. There are things about it. I didn't like. Sure. But out of the three choices Chris, of mine. Chris chose the tallest midget. Uh-huh. Out of the three choices <laughs> of mine, I chose Elton John, the tallest midget, the tallest Oompa Loompa. Uh, um. yeah, um, <laughs> then should we make it a, a, a fan vote since we can't agree? We, we, I we, mean, can, we can go to... Um, to uh, Put, put it on our Instagram. social media, social media, and see, see what people think. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think that in that case, we're obviously going to get sound of music. Lame is well, no, no, but from our four, oh, from our from four? our four choices, they have to vote. I we, mean, we could we could put it out there and say like, because this isn't going to be released for like two weeks. We can say if, like, what's the greatest musical of all time, and we'll see. If that's the case, which of the random. If that's the case, if we're going to leave it up to the audience vote, then we might as well just put it to put it between Fiddler on the Roof and Lame is. Well, I mean, we can just do it. <laughs> you just <laughs> all right. Um, I, well, I, I, you I don't you wouldn't have a problem with it if it was any other. Category. No, I don't have. I don't have a problem with it. Honestly, I don't. I and I like interacting with our with our audience and with our fans and stuff. I just um, half of our followers are Mendenhall, so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm used to interacting with them. Yeah. Um, I just know that uh, <clears throat> that our thoughts uh, are uh, people have different thoughts, and that's fine. So, mm-hmm. that's fine. well, yeah. I mean, I I I'd kind of because you guys bring up good points for your stories and so i'd kind of like um to not put it up to vote until we release this episode so they're mm-hmm. not so they don't go into it just like looking at a list and like oh obviously this list yeah if, if they hear us and our and all our arguments then maybe they'll change their mind maybe i don't know i mean i i was probably a little abrasive in this episode but i i was just like the visceral reactions like i I don't know. Like I grew up around musicals. My mom likes them. I thought Sound of Music was the first movie ever made ever because it was so bad. And I was like, it'll get better. Like movies will get better. You know? and that, that was like a thought I had when I was like five. Maybe so, you're just not trying hard enough. But why, why try harder? I'm just kidding. I, uh, I didn't hate this topic as much as I thought it would. Good. So, um, yeah. Uh, I want to just 
also say uh, thank you for listening and uh, check out our Patreon. Um, check out our Instagram. Interact with I us. guess check out our fan votes coming soon too. Yeah. Yep. I guess we've already said it. We've already said it in the recording. It's got to happen. So. So it's up to you. <laughs> Make it happen. If we had more patri- patrons on Patreon, we'd leave it up to them to vote. But we need people to be patrons. <laughs> Do it. Well, uh, thanks for listening. That was that was actually a fun episode. I actually enjoyed it. We we talked about a lot of things that I liked, with, but what makes a musical? I even like not to toot, toot my own horn or anything, but like talking about how people with certain physical ailments or disabilities, whatever you want to call it, can experience something different is a really good thing. I think in this topic to mm-hmm. to acknowledge. Yeah, it um, comes across. It's it affects this topic more than others. Yeah, even even Chris's um, opinion of of how musicals are more geared towards kids or that's that's how you view musicals i think is actually pretty what's the word um it's stupid it's not stupid it's oh. it's uh it's poignant it's it's astute astute sure yeah we'll go with that i, I disagree but <laughs> it's not astute it's but not astute it's a stupid <laughs> anyway um yeah thank As you my mom for, would say thank <laughs> you for listening and uh please interact with us please uh go on and leave us reviews uh give us feedback we always love hearing feedback cool we're, we're begging you for feedback right <laughs> Please. now Please, for the love of all that's holy and with that I think we will sign off so. alright guys okay. see you next week love see you bye, bye. bye.